You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Thursday edition. We've got Chris Raybon of the Action Network. We're looking ahead to week eight Sunday games, the six-pack of best bets. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me, the scout, Matt Williamson, at Williamson NFL. We'll bring Chris on in a moment to make that six-pack of picks, but first, let's talk Thursday night football, Matt. We've got the Falcons yeah. at one and six coming in to Carolina to face the three and four Panthers. I know it's not a real sexy matchup and it doesn't have massive playoff implications. And boy, I sure would have loved to see McCaffrey in a primetime game, watch every snap live of him. And it's probably a smart move not to rush him back when you can rest him for 10 more days or whatever. But I think this is going to be fireworks. Like I'm expecting this thing to be like 35, 32, I respect both these offenses a lot, have very little respect for either of the defenses. I think Coach Brady will scheme the heck out of that those vanilla cover threes that Atlanta gets them. They both, both teams have great weapons. Julio looks back to being himself. Ridley's a superstar. Gurley, even when he doesn't want to score, ends up in the end zone. You know, like I just think this is going to be a really fun, super offensive type of game. I wonder if it was easier to not activate Christian McCaffrey. And look, there's a, a bigger decisions than this one matchup against the Falcons. But Mike Davis looked good P- week five against yeah. the Falcons. Uh, 16 rushes for 89 yards and caught nine passes for 60 yards in a touchdown. So uh, he looked good in that game. And he's been surprisingly uh, a boon for some fantasy owners who picked him up uh, maybe after they lost Christian McCaffrey or maybe they already had him as the handcuff, but it's a smart move. you got to wait the extra 10 days on a long week for Christian McCaffrey to come back, and it'll be fun to watch him finally get back on the field. I'm glad he's going to make it back this year. I, had, I was pretty worried that he was going to be done for the year when he first got hurt, so uh, good for yeah. the league that Christian McCaffrey can be back, and hopefully uh, for the, the Panthers, he's close to that guy we saw. But, yeah, you mentioned there, 51.5 over-under. You're going way over that one, huh? Yeah, I, I actually did just look at that line thinking, boy, this is going to be a big one. I think it's going to be maybe you know, well over that. Like, I was shocked it was that low. Um, real quick note on McCaffrey versus Davis. I think you're right. I mean, why rush him back, of course? I mean, I, I hope that, you know, McCaffrey had such a workload going into this year. I hope they dial that back by 10%. You know, nothing crazy. I mean, at least. Just don't beat him up so much and maybe even incorporate both running backs on the field at the same time. I mean, McCaffrey's as good as any slot receiver in the league. Obviously, it's not good because he's injured, but he uh, there's a half season of workload, right? This is going to be a sixth straight game that he's missed. So nearly half a season off of that workload for him. So that that maybe in the long run will be good for him when, you know, if the Panthers are trying to make that run of the playoffs in week 16 and 17, it's not like he's been through the full gauntlet of a full season. So who knows? Maybe yeah, he has an right. extra little hop in his step at the end of the year. 2.5 point favorites are the Panthers. And I just feel like that's not enough with the way these teams are playing. The Falcons just find a new way to lose every single game. Uh, <laughs> I think absolutely the Panthers can win this by at least a field goal. So uh, giving away those two and a half points and taking the Panthers here. Yeah, me too. I mean, in such a high scoring game, 
what I expect. I mean, who knows? It might end up being 1710 when it's all said and done, but I, I just think it's going to be fireworks. Uh, I think Carolina, I don't want to say Carolina has more to play for. That sells these athletes and these competitors short, but they're building their, their, their franchise is going with the arrow up. The other franchise is going with the arrow down. And when the going gets tough, I think you're going to get more out of Carolina in the fourth quarter when it matters most. And, you know, I, I rarely take that angle, but I just like the direction of the whole organization so much better in Carolina. Like the efficiency that Teddy Bridgewater is playing with, uh, I would like a few less interceptions. The eight to five touchdown to interception ratio is not ideal, but he's completing over 70% of his passes, uh, 99.1 quarterback rating. So it's really cool to see Teddy Bridgewater playing well, and it seems like Matt Rule's got this team going in the right direction, even though they're just a hair under 500 right now. Uh, some rookies making impacts with this team and um, that on the defensive line and Jeremy Chin, and uh, I like what I'm seeing in the second year of Brian Burns coming off the edge there. He's going to be, I think, a star in this league at some point. And then Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore doing things at wide receiver. They, that's a solid tandem yeah. right now that really nobody's talking about at wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, four great receivers in this game, really. I mean, I think that DJ Moore, his numbers don't indicate how good he really is. I mean, I think he's more the the player, the number he was numbers he was putting up last year. Not that they've been bad. I'm glad you brought Jeremy Chin because this, I think this is an interesting conversation. Is from what I understand, going back to the Panthers draft, and we know they drafted all defensive players. They were considering either Brown, the defensive tackle who they took, or Isaiah Simmons which, you know, mm-hmm. at the time seemed like a, a very strong conversation. You know I mean? They're very different. But Chin is really their Simmons. You know, they got Chin in the second round, and he wasn't as big a name guy. He didn't play at Clemson. We didn't watch him in the national titles and things like that. But I bet if those two walked in the room and did drills, I'm not sure you'd know the difference all that much. Yes, yeah, that hybrid safety linebacker. Yeah. And they thought, well, let's draft Jeremy Chin, maybe the poor man's version of that. And right now he's playing better. Right, right. I'm not sure they'd swap Chin for Simmons this minute, you know. <laughs> they maybe got the, the rich man's version, although right. a nice interception, a game sealer there for the Cardinals. Or not a game sealer quite, but uh, gave them the opportunity to win against the Seahawks there with an interception. So we might see a lot more, uh, you know, you're not going to bury a guy after six games. But uh, Simmons, sure. you know, I think Simmons just the, the transition's go been a little bit more difficult there so yeah. uh, and I and I love I just love the statement too for Matt Rule coming in it's like we're going to draft seven straight defensive players and I just I just love what that says about what they're doing there I do too but I do want our listeners to to watch Chin tonight I mean he flies around the field isolate on him on some plays I think you'll be impressed Number 21, the safety for the Panthers Jeremy Chin the rookie uh, a number of good young players on that defense Stock up, I think, on the Panthers. We didn't talk about them yesterday, but today we're going to talk with Chris Raybon of the Action Network, making his six-pack of best bets for Week 8. Folks, I got to admit, I am not very handy. I don't know a lot about cars. I respect people that do, and frankly, I'm very envious because, I mean, the money you can save with a product like rockauto.com and being able to do things yourself and create the exact car you want is something that I would love. I mean, I'm, I just don't have that skill set to be honest with you. And rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for your auto and body parts needs from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to fall, you know, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, you get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. 
The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. So go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear us box so they know that we sent you. That'll help us a great deal. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Joining us once again on another Thursday episode is Chris Raybon of the Action Network. You can find him on Twitter at Chris Raybon. You can find all of his work at Action Network, including the Action Network Sports Betting Podcast, where he and his co-host Stucky make picks every week, a Sunday six-pack of best bets, which we will get into today. A quick look back before we get into the week eight picks. Looking back at week seven, Chris, a game that we both had, the Browns, that ended up in a push after a missed extra point that would have put that one over. I have to imagine sports books were going crazy with that missed extra point. Absolutely. I mean, there was uh, that line, I think, moved to three and a half or, or four at a number of books by the time it closed. So uh, that was one where uh, the books probably made, made some money on that one. So uh, always something that is going to happen to you. That's why you always try to get the three, uh, a key number, but uh, definitely frustrating. Uh, if you had that, if you had that bet, even if you push, you don't want to push, you want to win. Yeah. You don't want to push. That was a win, man. I was about to type in a W and it, it came out a push, which is unfortunate. So, uh, we had a good week, both of us three, one or three, two and one for the action network and four, one and one for Peacock and Williamson. So not bad. Any big takeaways from last week before, uh, we move on here. I think the ones that we went head to head, uh, I, I, I said I wasn't going to take you on again last week, but I did. Uh, I had the Niners and the Steelers, and I did pick up wins. Those were your only losses, it looks like. Oh, no, you didn't pick the Niners game. You picked uh, Titans over Steelers. What did you think there with Titans-Steelers? I mean, that game went kind of exactly how I thought it would in terms of the Steelers having like a long low on offense. I, I didn't expect the Titans to come out that flat in the first half. I uh, can't say I didn't expect them to miss another field goal because that seems yeah. to be what they've done. They are 18 of 34. Yeah. Since the start of last year, wow, on field goals, they've gone through a lot of kickers last year too. In inside the in, inside the ten yard line, they have not made a field goal since the start of last year. What since since Tannehill? Like like they just it's all touchdowns, <laughs> and they're scoring touchdowns at a ridiculous rate. Uh, it's it's a game where I and we'll talk about Pittsburgh. Um, because I, I think there are red flags about Pittsburgh, and I think you saw that in the second half of that game where they're up big uh, and they just keep turning the ball over. They can't. They go through these long stretches where they can't score. Uh, they can't move the ball. Rather, they're they're still bottom uh, five, bottom three actually in success rate on early down. So uh, we'll talk about the Steelers a little more. But yeah, the Titans. They, I have a piece on them up at actionnetwork.com where I look at how lucky they've been and and also how good they are because they're they're such a confounding team. They've they've been very lucky, uh, but they also have some very you know they have some skills and in, in in some great coaching as well. So uh, a team that is I think one of the more fascinating in this league. But um, with Pittsburgh, I mean, man, real quick, did you say they're eighteen of thirty four since last I year? It's a, it's absurd. Wow. I mean, I it's can't get over absurd. that number. Wow. I, like it's it's frankly just I, I've never seen anything like it. And then they're scoring touchdowns in the red zone 78%. I mean, they are just <laughs> ridiculous. It, it's like they they've just they've just, just skewed kickers. Time. Yeah. It's like, uh, who needs a kicker? Just we just in. score. Right. Another offensive lineman to the roster. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's, it's and, and and they also weed the NFL over that span 
in touchdown receptions by offensive linemen. They have three uh, recept- <laughs> touchdown receptions. That's something a lot of That's franchises don't yeah. have in their whole career, in their whole right. franchise history. So just a very interesting team. That is. Wow. Offensive line touchdowns versus field goals. That ratio. <laughs> right. Man, quite skewed. Ugh. That's pretty amazing. Uh, real quick, do you? let me ask you this and jump ahead. Do you have the Cowboys-Eagles game as one of your picks? <laughs> yes, yes. You do. Okay, yes. I'll, I'll wait for my question then before we get to that one because it's something I want to talk about specifically with that game. And with that, Chris, let's get to the Sunday six-pack. What is your first selection in week eight? It started with uh, me, and I'm going Vegas this week against the Cleveland Browns. You look at the loss of Odell Beckham, and I think that's going to be a major loss for this offense, uh, even if there's bad weather in the game, even though Cleveland can run. Because you look at Beckham, and they averaged – on remember he caught some uh he threw some passes he ran some he 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 took a few handoffs on plays to Odo Beckham whether it was a target a uh run or a pass 8.7 yards per play uh 8.5% touchdown rate on all other plays not involving Beckham uh just 5.5 yards per play and a 4.5 touchdown rate so mm. uh it cuts in half uh, it's a tough loss, and you look at this Raider team now, and they were they were in the game against Tampa Bay. I, I bet against them last week. I bet on Tampa, but this Raider team is getting it going on offense. You may not notice it last week against oh, yeah. a tough D, but you look at Derek Carr's numbers this year, and they played a pretty tough schedule, uh, all things considered. And there Derek Carr is near the top of the league in uh, a bunch of different passing metrics, including. Uh, adjusted net yards per pass attempt, which is one of the most predictive for point differential. Derek Carr, number four in the league, behind only Rodgers, Mahomes, and Tannehill uh, at 8.26 per game. This is playing defenses like the Bucks, the Chiefs, uh, offensive linemen out, uh, receivers out. So this is very impressive. Uh, the Raiders are getting healthier. Cleveland's getting unhealthier and the Cleveland defense not very good so I think this Raider team is actually uh, very underrated last week was the time to fade them against a really tough D Uh, this is not that it's not the usual matchup you bet against Baker and the Browns on because the Raiders aren't really known as a pressure team Uh, but I just think the offense for the Raiders uh, gives them an edge in in an otherwise pretty even matchup uh, to uh, I think average defenses but Raiders are going to be able to move the ball Uh, so much better. I I like what you said about Odell. I mean, he might not be the top two or three receivers in the league like he was a couple years ago, but still everyone rolled their coverage his direction. Mm -hmm. He was the one people most, every defense feared the most. Mm -hmm. And Landry's like, you know, a shell of himself in terms of injuries. I like Higgins and all, but there's no one that I don't think anyone's going to fear. We're going to get some uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones going in DFS right, this right. week, maybe, right? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, this, this this Cleveland team, they've been getting by, you know, they've kind of been skating by, hiding the quarterback, running the football, and yeah, taking advantage of the fact that uh, they have this guy, Baker Mayfield, who defenses have to respect even when they're running, you know, 50% of the time. So uh, yeah, I, I'm fading the Browns uh, now. Bet on them a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, but uh, fading them now, I think it's a good time for that. It was a minus 21 point differential for a five and two team. That's an odd one there for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and they're favoring this one. What was the number you got there? A two and a half. Two so, and a half. Oh, no, as a three, actually. It was three. It was okay. three with a 115 juice, minus 115. So, um, yeah, that's that's it's great to get the hook because we've seen, you know, 
ridiculous kind of kick situations happen last week, and uh, these could always <laughs> crop up because we have a lot of weather issues this week. So uh, try to get those threes, those sixes, those sevens uh, whenever you can. Love it. What is the second pick in the Week 8 Sunday six-pack? Picking against the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, again. Mm. The Baltimore Ravens coming off a bye, uh, acquiring talent on defense against, again, an offense that is bottom three in early down success rate, uh, running and passing. I mean, you watch that game against Tennessee. Yeah, they look decent early on. Deontay Johnson's like their best receiver now. Uh, he's getting hurt every game. He's uh, he's banged up this week. Defenses are you know rolling more coverage to Claypool and, and Juju. And this Steeler team, you know, going against the Ravens, coming off a bye, um, you know, still undefeated. I think still a little bit overrated in the market. And this is coming from somebody that first team I picked for with a Super Bowl future. Um, picked them in a win totals draft. So. Love the Steelers coming into the year, but I'm I'm very worried about the Steelers. Not really worried at all about the Ravens. They had that one kind of weird stretch where Lamar was a little banged up and wasn't practicing, and he didn't run. Uh, but he looked, they look good. They're still winning big, uh, and this Pittsburgh team is just they're due to come way down to earth. It should have happened in a game against Tennessee. I mean, you don't win many games where you have a negative three turnover differential all in one half, no less. So. I think you have to fade Pittsburgh here coming off a bye against a team that uh, even though they're not undefeated, uh, I would say I I still have ranked uh, rated significantly better than Pittsburgh. I have Baltimore uh, about four and a half points better than Pittsburgh on a neutral field. So uh, I thought this line was actually the biggest one um, that was kind of off on the week. It's interesting. You mentioned the Steelers early down success rate because about 24 hours ago, I turned in an article for Steelers.com for the Steelers official website all about that because the defense is a total opposite. Mm-hmm. The offense is, you know, converting like crazy on third down. And basically my, the crux of my article was is you don't want to get the third down. Mm-hmm. The Steelers defenses are forcing offenses to run a lot of third down plays. The Steelers offense is running a ton of third down plays. Because they possess the football, which is good, but more to your point, because their early down success rate is not very good at all. Yeah, and and the, the one thing about that too is in, in the Steelers' defense is is excellent, yeah, but yeah. you're going to run into trouble against teams like the Ravens, who can do both. And mm-hmm. offense has proven to be a little bit more sustainable, uh, you know, from game to game, from year to year, just than defense. And so eventually like what we're seeing out of big Ben in this offense on early downs is going to, to hurt them. And um, as a better uh, as, and, and I think I've, we've been betting on Pittsburgh, I would say most of the year and, and you were smart enough to bet on them last week. So uh, kudos, but you know, these are the type of teams we have to look out for to now go against because um, the underlying metrics uh, are not good, but the record is. And so you're going to see their numbers being a little bit inflated in the betting market. It's funny because I just went to Warren sharp site to, to double check those numbers and I didn't realize Baltimore was that bad, too. They're near the bottom of the league in early down success. Right? Yeah. I bet that comes around, though. I bet that changes. Yeah, Baltimore's a little different type of team. I, I Again, I think they had like a one – they had like a, a pretty rough stretch where they were kind of just – they were playing mm-hmm. Cincinnati, and they were just trying to get out of there. But, um, you know, just the eye test as well. You know, forget the metrics. I'm a lot more worried about Pittsburgh on offense. Yeah. On defense, they're great. <laughs> I hear you. I, I'm not going to harp on this game, but I think the Ravens are a sleeping giant with only one loss coming off their bye – they might take the league by storm going forward. Absolutely. 
it's pretty amazing. There's a few teams like that around the league that are that have good records already, and we haven't even seen them at at full capacity. I think the Seahawks right. can get a lot better on defense, and Kansas City, and I think Baltimore is definitely one of those teams. Uh, Chris, New Orleans, maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, New Orleans is really somewhat disappointing, even though they're you know they're four and two right now. More Sunday six pack coming up with Chris Raybon. Who are his favorite picks against the spread? This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Chris, what do you got? Who else do you like here in Week 8? You just mentioned them, the New Orleans Saints. Listen, they're banged up on offense. We get it. They, I, you know, who knows who's going to play at receiver this week for New Orleans. And yet, it doesn't matter if the opposing team can't score points. And Chicago is is coming to that level now where it's just pure ineptness on the offensive side of the ball. And what you're seeing is with Allen Robinson being their only real weapon, Tariq Cohen's out. Um, it, it's just a stagnant offense where if Allen Robinson's not making a play or maybe they get, uh, you know, Mooney loose, you know, down the field here or there, it, nothing happens. And they just have to rely completely on luck and their defense. And that's just really tough to do against a, a team like the Saints. You know, they, they already got lucky against the Brady and the Bucks, and, and um, you know, eked out a win. And I think that kind of got them a little bit overrated. But Robinson – I bet this game immediately after the Monday night game ended because we saw Robinson take like a hard hit. And I, I figured, hey, this guy might be in the protocol. It's a short week. And he is, right? He is in the protocol. Is, yeah. And so, like, if they don't have Allen Robinson, to Allen Robinson, they're averaging uh, about seven and a half yards per target to Robinson, which is not even great. But it's below average for a receiver, but it's literally the best. Uh, and only production they have on their team. If not, you're looking at, you know, the running game, it's under four yards a carry. Uh, most of the other receivers, uh, you know, five and six yards per target. Uh, it is ugly in, for that Chicago offense. And one thing I will say, you you guys asked me uh, at the beginning of the year about home field advantage. Uh, I'm looking at the kind of the numbers of just 2020 in particular, and books have been kind of overrating home field advantage. Uh, it's been worth really about a half a point to a point and books are still doing, you know, the two, two and a half up, you know, even three, a lot of the times, uh, you know, it, it, so like there's not really a major home field advantage, especially when you have a team like the bears that, uh, you know, th their offense is not really going to benefit whether they're at home, whether there's fans, whether there's no fans, uh, it's just not very good. And they, and Cody Whitehair and no lineman uh, also banged up. So just a tough spot for, for, for Chicago against a team that can score points and can play decent defense and is well coached. You're right about the offense. It's Allen Robinson. And again, he's in a terrible situation as he's been his whole career and they run the ball so bad. And they, what blows me away is they're like at the very top of the league of passing percentage. I mean, because <laughs> the running game's so bad. I mean, it's an awful formula. Yeah, and yeah, you find yourself in that situation when you're trailing in games or, like you said, you just can't run the ball and now you have second and long, third and long. And so, uh, listen, the, the Saints may very well win this game 13-6. to six. The Bears' defense is very good, but uh, you, you can't win games and you can't cover spreads even as a dog if you can't score points. 
And this Bears team is kind of at that level right now. So, and, and there should be some weather concerns here. So I like the under as well, but uh, taking the Saints minus four here. All right. Raiders, Ravens, and Saints. Who you got? What's your fourth pick of the Sunday six pack? For the fourth pick, uh, this is a, a little more contrarian one. The Vikings plus seven against the Packers. And oh, listen, this okay. is a, a little tougher of a week, but you look at this game and the total is dropping. We're expecting some, some wind, some bad weather. You have the Vikings coming off a bye. They're not the favorites. So it's not always as great of a situation when you're kind of the inferior team coming off a bye. But uh, you just expect this game to be a little bit closer than, um, you know, the market suggests, especially after Green Bay had kind of a predictable bounce back uh, against the, uh, the the Houston Texans, who are just very bad on defense. The Vikings have improved now. They did, you know, trade in Gakway, but um, they've improved. Mike Zimmer, very, very good coach in terms of adjustments, uh, very good kind of at riding the ship, even after some struggles. He is uh, 19 and 13 in his career, 59% as a road dog against the spread, including two and one this year. Uh, off a loss, 73% against the spread, 29 and 11. Uh, and off a multi game losing streak, uh, 13 and three against the spread. Uh, is Mike Zimmer, including 2-0 this season. So uh, just when you kind of count the Vikings out, they usually find ways to stay in games. Uh, so you're getting the touchdown here. Uh, I say take it in a game that could be a little more low scoring than we think uh, for the uh, for the Green Bay Packers. I think the Vikes will score points on everybody as long as they have Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and he's back this week. So uh, yeah, right. yeah, taking a big number. And the Packers defense has shown some warts this year. What what are your thoughts on division matchups? And they know they, themselves so well. And a lot of people say you can even throw the records out when some of these teams that play each other twice a year uh, match up during a season. You usually see the unders hit at a higher rate. Um, and that's true for, for Rodgers. The divisional unders are, are 55%. Uh, and generally, you see the uh, road team in the division that's an underdog. Uh, they tend to cover at a higher rate than you would expect against the spread. Usually you're about 55, 56%. So uh, this is definitely kind of a, a good spot overall for Minnesota as an underdog, because if you expect the total to perhaps be a little bit lower um, and it's dropped again because of the weather, um, it's easier for the uh, dog to cover because there's just not as much variance and whatnot. So I'm um, just a good spot for Minnesota in a, in a tough week, which I know you guys alluded to because the next pick is the, Dallas Cowboys and their own seven against the spread. And (laughs) this is unheard of. Like teams don't go and seven against the spread and the mark. Listen, the Cowboys are terrible. Uh, I've been betting against them these last uh, few weeks. I've been betting their unders, uh, but Philadelphia struggling as well. Uh, Look at them against that Giants team that, that, you know, they, they could barely put that game away. They probably shouldn't have even won it. Uh, You know, they they get a ton of breaks in that game. And uh, now you're getting more, you're getting a plus eight at home against the Cowboys in another game that should be low scoring. Uh, we have no idea about Danucci and, and, you know, what he can do, what he can't do, but uh, just, you don't tend to see uh, teams go, Oh, and hate against the spread. You don't see, you haven't seen this Eagles team play well uh, to, to where they have any business being uh, this big of a favorite against any team. Uh, so last week I, I was actually on the, uh, the football team. I was on the under in that game. Uh, but, uh, this is Stucky's pick, but I, I, I totally agree with it. I think that, uh, this is the time to buy Dallas. Just like last week was the time to buy, uh, buy on the jets. 
You have some good points. I'm not sure if I can take that leap of faith. I'm gonna have to kick that around in my career. Understandable. Understandable. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's bad. not like Danucci's gonna play worse than Dalton had since he's jumped in there, right? I guess it's possible, but uh, I'm interested to see Danucci if he's the guy there for the Cowboys. What is the record? What what, what is who has covered the least in an NFL season before? We're seeing the Cowboys right now that are 0 for seven against the spread. That's a good. That's a good point. I don't have the number off the top, but I know that most. By the time you get to 0-6, the record of like the 0-6 teams covering in the next game uh, is super high. And then the same thing for 0-7 because it's I think it hasn't happened since 2005. So that just keep gives you Keep correcting the line and keep correcting the line. Right. So right, you, like, right, right. It's, 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 it's just a hold-your-nose pick. Um, but, again, we talk about this. You're going to have to make some of those over the course of the season, uh, especially if you're betting on a high volume of, game, of games like we try to do here. Uh, so, you know, it's just a hold-your-nose pick that we're going with. Here And then the last one is one that's a little more, uh, you know, by the book, one that I I don't know if uh, a lot of people are going to be on, but Big Money did hit this game uh, on the Chargers and and it's the Chargers uh, minus three against uh, on the road against the Broncos. And usually um, you don't like to bet against the Broncos in mile high, but uh, Drew Locke has really struggled in all facets this year, uh, he struggled from a clean pocket. He struggled. He's the worst passer under pressure, according to passer rating. So just a very uh, poor season for Locke. And, and I don't think people realize the Chargers got Melvin Ingram back. They got Jones back. Uh, this defense getting pressure top eight without blitzing. They blitzed the second, tied for the fewest, uh, lowest rate in the league. Uh, yet they're getting pressure at a top eight rate. Uh, that is going to spell trouble for Drew Locke. Uh, the way he's playing this season, no Cortland Sutton. Tim Patrick, who's been his best receiver, banged up. Uh, I think this Charger team is on the uh, ascent and a good time to kind of bet on these, keep buying into these uh, rookies at cheap prices. Uh, don't look now, but Herbert and uh, and Burrow are uh, nine and three against the spread this year already. So, um, you know, look out for Tua as well, but uh, just buy in on these talents now. And uh, Locke doesn't look like it. Herbert does, another guy near the top of the league in uh, adjusted net yards per attempt. That is your Sunday six-pack from Chris Rabon of the Action Network. We've got Raiders, Ravens, Saints, Vikings, Cowboys, and Chargers. Chris, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. You can find Chris on Twitter, at Chris Rabon, and, of course, actionnetwork.com. Thanks again, Chris. Always a blast. Always a pleasure, guys. Good luck this weekend. And, of course, Matt and I will be back tomorrow previewing all of Sunday's games and making our six-pack on Peacock and Williamson.